Live around the globe, it's time for Rudy Max's World on the SSI Radio Network. I've been everywhere, man. I've been everywhere, man. Across the desert, bare man. I breathe the mountain air, man. I've traveled, I've had my share, man. I've been everywhere. Get on the phone now and call 800-387-8025. That's 1-800-387-8025. Or email the show at info at rudymaxa.com. And now, the savvy traveler himself, Rudy Maxa. Welcome aboard in Park City, Utah. The Sundance Festival just kicked off, and we're going to talk to a couple of people there this hour. It was a bad week for flying if you were trying to get into or out of Tokyo, London, Frankfurt, Munich, elsewhere, due to snow. Hope you're right where you want to be now, and if so, relax and prepare to be entertained and maybe even enlightened. I'm Rudy Max, your genial travel radio show host this hour. We're going to talk with a man who will tell us those Europeans who spent... Well, actually, we're not going to talk to that man. We're going to have him on next week because he couldn't make it this week. We're going to take a couple of listener calls, uh, a couple of listener questions later this hour. And then we're going to talk with our pilot in residence, Patrick Smith, and get his expert take on the grounding of Boeing's new 787 Dreamliner passenger jet. And we'll meet the director of a documentary being shown at Sundance. It's a documentary that covered the fateful climb of that mountain known as K2 back in 2008. It was a climb that cost 11 men their lives. As always, I'll have some deals of the week at the end of the show, but first let's take a week a look at this week's uh, travel news. Well, clearly the biggest news of the week, in the travel world anyway, was the grounding of the Boeing 787 Dreamliner after more incidents involving the plane. We talked about those first incidents last week. Of special concern were the two fires that were traced to lithium batteries on aircraft operated by two Asian airlines. There was a fire on January 7th aboard a Japan Airlines 787. No passengers were aboard. It was on the ground. And then again last Wednesday, a similar fire broke out aboard an all-Nippon Airways Dreamliner. This did lead to an emergency landing. Uh, I think a couple of people were injured going down the exit slides, but uh, other than that, certainly no, no big problems. So the Japanese carriers grounded the 24 787s they own, and 12 hours later, the Federal Aviation Administration here in the States grounded 787s here. Um, now, there are only six Dreamliners being operated by a U.S. airline. That would be United Airline. Um, but the FAA order impacted any 787s that might fly into or out of U.S. airspace. On Thursday, the Japanese Transport Ministry followed suit, as did the European Aviation Safety Agency. In short, there are no 787s flying. What we have here is clearly an engineering problem. As I mentioned, there are only about 50 Dreamliners operating in the world today, but Boeing has orders for 850 more at a cool $200 million apiece. Now, it's not uncommon for a new aircraft to have some minor problems about, uh, upon launch, and the last time the FAA grounded a plane was 34 years ago when a McDonnell Douglas DC-10 crashed after taking off from Chicago, killing more than 270 people. I remember that like it was yesterday. That was a terrible, terrible thing. And while major design changes were eventually made that allowed the DC-10 to remain flying, in fact, there's still some in the air, McDonnell Douglas and the DC-10 never quite recovered from that disaster. That, of course, is the fate Boeing is hoping it does not meet uh, with the spate of bad publicity as a 787. At about 33 minutes after this hour, our pilot in residence, Patrick Smith, will join me. He's gonna get, we're going to get his take on the issue. Well, if this is mid-January, it must be time for the hardest to go, get into film festival. That would be Sundance in Park City, Utah. Later this hour, as I mentioned, we're going to talk with the director of a harrowing documentary about a climb up the second highest mountain in the world. But I want to start with an overview of the scene this weekend there in Park City. Michael Summer is an occasional contributor to this show, and he lives part-time in Park City, which is where we reach him today. Michael, well, before we get to the party and the schmooze stuff, uh, uh, how are snow conditions there? It is a ski resort, isn't it? It is a ski resort. And while Hollywood is rolling out the red carpet, Park City Mountain is rolling out the white carpet. So... This 
slopes are empty. The conditions are great. But no one's on the slopes because everybody's in town. But the town is booked up, right? I mean, Sundance, every, all the hotels are filled up. You can't, get a place for, you can't get a place for miles. Everything is packed. But the slopes are empty? Everybody's schmoozing? Everybody's schmoozing. I mean, Park City Mountain, for example, is giving you a lift ticket special. Two days of lift tickets for $125. What's that, like half price? It's about a 40% discount. It's available at parkcitymountain.com slash Sundance. So the lesson for those of us who like to ski is next year, go when it's Sundance, but just go skiing and have the mountains to yourself. Just got to find a place to stay. So, Rudy? All right, what goes on there? What goes on at Sundance? I know there's a lot of deals. I know people want to see celebrities. What is it really about when you get down to it? Well, you know, there are people who, there are producers who are looking to get money, producers who are looking to get their movies they've already shot distributed. There are writers looking for money for Everyone's looking to get a job. Then there are the gawkers, you know, the people that want to see all the Hollywood celebrities, and then they have the gifting suites, which is really, really funny. Swag, you see these swag. Yes, yeah, swag. It's all about the swag. Who could have the most swag at the end of the day? And, and who operates these suites? Well, they're done by these PR companies. By Most of them are really young kids. I went into the, probably the best gifting suite of the entire Sundance Festival yesterday. It's called... Village at the Lift. It was the most professional-run gifting suite I had been to. In advance, they knew who I was, what I do, and they were really professional. I went to Samsung's particular suite, where they actually gave me a Galaxy Note 2 phone and a Galaxy camera. They sit down with you, they show you how to use it, and they really take the time, and they give it to the proper people, because, as you know, I do technology also. And I will talk about this, and I will use this product. Because most of these people coming in from Southern California... I mean, how, how often do you need winter coats and winter boots in Southern California? Right. But uh, so well, let, me, people are looking, yeah, let me ask. Ahead. Let me ask you: Are these? Are each one of these? I like this term. I never heard of gifting suites. Are each one of these suites specific to a particular brand, or is it like a Walmart where you walk in and there's the Samsung section and there's the new ski wear section and it's the who, who knows what else? Well, it's a little bit like a Walmart. They, in some cases, they take a perfectly good operating store. The store closes up for ten days. And they move in, and there's a little kiosk here for this. A little, like I tried to get into Uggs yesterday. They want oh. no part of me. Because <laughs> you mean, were invited, it, right? It, I, I, I had an invite, but then you have to get an, a, another invite. You get into the main, the main area, then you have to get to the smaller areas. You ah. need specific invites. And should we presume that if you had gotten in, you'd have a new pair of Uggs today? I did get in, and I did not get a new pair of Uggs. What were I they giving out? Oh, they were giving Uggs out to the celebrities their producers and their entourage. I see. Who will probably never wear them, but you, for example, travel all over the world, and you probably would use winter weather Uggs. Right. Like I would. But they'd rather give them to people who live in Southern California who will never wear them. But that's a whole other story. Well, the hope is, of course, that some actor or actress takes this pair of Uggs and, and two or three times in the course of the winter, or maybe even once, is photographed in the Star or the Inquirer or People magazine or Vanity Fair at some, some function wearing those Uggs. To them, that's worth it, right? That's the deal. Absolutely. But the other thing is these, most of these, these gifting suites are done by young kids who don't realize that there's another 50 weeks a year when people like you and I can really use the product and promote the product rather than these celebrities who will wear it once and probably give it away or put it in a closet. Who the heck knows? Right, exactly. And so, so how, 
How do these folks who are giving stuff away know who is in town? How do, who, how do they reach the VIPs and get them in there? There are lists that are floating around because mm-hmm. almost everybody at Sundance has a badge. Ah, okay. And so people can find out. Well, all right. So yeah, hit the gifting suites. Uh, remember me for next Christmas, Michael. And uh, thanks for joining us. We look forward to uh, further reports from you. Take care. That's Michael Summer reporting from He Lives Part-Time in Park City. Just happens to be there during Sundance, and we're not. Stick around. We'll be right back. To participate in the program and speak with Rudy Maxa, call 800-387-8025 or email the show at info at rudymaxa.com. Our buyers negotiated the best deals of the season on the best floors, and they're all priced to move at Lumber Liquidator's January liquidation sale. Our best laminates and vinyl wood plank are 20% off our already incredibly low prices. Gunstock oak pre-finished hardwood, one of America's most popular hardwoods, is just $2.69 a square foot. Plus, get special extended financing. These deals will not last. January liquidation sale is going on now, so visit LumberLiquidators.com today and find your local store. Ladies, are any of these symptoms familiar? Weight gain, hot flashes, rapid heartbeat, night sweats? How about fatigue, nausea, low energy? Or what about sleeplessness, low libido, and fat storage, especially around the belly area? If you're a woman over 40 experiencing any of these symptoms, you probably have hormonal imbalance. And until you balance your hormones, it'll be practically impossible to get rid of these problems. But you're in luck because Ambrin is the all-natural formula clinically shown to cause sustained weight loss in women over 40 with no big change in lifestyle. Ambrin restores hormonal imbalance in women over 40, so the extra pounds fall away and the other symptoms simply disappear. To receive a complimentary risk-free trial with a free 30-day supply, just be one of the first 50 callers right now at 1-800-525-2563. Free supplies are limited, so be one of the first callers right now at 1-800-525-2563. That's 1-800-525-2563. Folks, you remember why it's so crucial to have access to travel assistance and every trip, right? Well, if you're like me, you have OnCall International. On the line is the company's CEO, Mike Kelly. Mike, why is membership with OnCall International so important? Pretty OnCall International is a trusted leader in emergency evacuations. We offer medical evacuation to the hospital of your choice. We cover any trip beyond 50 miles from home, and we offer plans to fit every budget or need. Save 30% off your membership today with the code MAXA30 at OnCallInternational.com. To join Rudy Maxa, call 800-387-8025. You can email the show at info at rudymaxa.com. Now back to Rudy Maxa's World. Welcome back. It's about 18 minutes after the hour. You know, the questions pile up here from listeners. Some of you uh, call in. Some of you um, uh, uh, write in. And I want, to, uh, I want to do one of each today. Um, on the line, we've got uh, Roger calling in from Montana. Roger, welcome to Rudy Max's World. Nice to have you on today. What's your question? Hey, Rudy. I um, I got a YouTube video sent to me by a friend the other day, and it it, it featured uh, a new product by Audi. It showed a woman pulling up to a like a mall shopping center getting out of her car and using an app on a smartphone, the car then went on its own with no driver and went into an enclosed 
parking garage, found the first open stall, parked itself, and shut off. Yeah, when I the, saw this, when, but keep going. I, I love what it does next. Okay, and, and when the woman was done with her shopping, yeah, she went back to her smartphone in this video, and she called for her car and pushed some buttons on the smartphone and apparently was able to detect where she now was. And the car came to life in the parking garage, and it drove itself outside of the parking garage and picked this uh, this driver up outside the mall. She put her things in her car, pushed another button, and then went on her merry way. Uh, it, you know, and it was it was absolutely fascinating. What I want to know is, you know, how far away are we from something that really functions well like this? Well, here's here's how it works, and and uh, it's funny. I, I saw this same video. It came out of the Consumer Electronics Show that ended last week in Las Vegas, and they demonstrated it there. And here's how it works: the car has twelve ultrasound sensors that allow it to navigate and avoid obstacles, but it has to work in combination with sensors in the garage and on roads as well. Well, at least in garages. In the incident, this sure. this one, you know, eventually roads. So, so the gra- parking garage has to have computers that will communicate with the car, tell it where there's an open space, uh, and the car is able by using input to make turns on its own and how to maneuver around to the garage. And it has external laser sensors. So. I, I would guess, this is just a guess, uh, because they didn't make it clear at CES when this would happen, but I think, you know, it'll be two or three years, or maybe, maybe, you know, it could be as easily as two years, and it might be cutting-edge places like Los Angeles, where they have very modern parking garages, and they can put in those sensors. But uh, you're right, it's on YouTube, it's probably on some other places, too, but if you go to YouTube, it's called the Audi Connect Car, I think. That's what it was, right. And that is, uh, it's phenomenal to watch that video. It was it, it was it was almost frightening because it was clear that the car itself had to have the ability to see per se right <laughs> and know? to come and, back you know, it's it's like a dog you know who's fetched a bone and comes comes back to you Audi uh, uh, has really spent a lot of money trying to w- develop what the what what are called autonomous cars and they've been doing it sure. in Nevada because Nevada was the first state to pass a law making it legal to test self driving cars on on roads with other cars. So at any you know, given time in Nevada, here, out here in Montana, we you know we've got a lot of open space. <laughs> That's so the place to do it. <laughs> it'd be fascinating. You know, I, the other thing I wondered about was, you know, what if somebody hit the car while it Ooh. was on its own, or, you know, if the car was going at a certain pace and a little. I mean, obviously, it can see to some degree, but if a child ran in front of it. Uh, you know, wow. without sensing these things, obviously, you know they've they've had to consider all these issues. I'm sure they they have, but it just is amazing to watch it. Let me tell you about something else I saw. This was in the Wall Street Journal this week, and I clipped it. I was going to talk about it later in the show. It's a company called Streetline, and its goal is to save you minutes or a half an hour of driving around big city congested streets. You know, hoping that someone will be leaving a parking place soon. Uh, the company is installing ultra-low-power wireless sensors in the ground of individual parking spaces in more than 30 cities. They're doing that right now. It can detect the presence of cars, so it knows if somebody's parked there. It will then feed the data into mobile apps and into in-car navigation systems. Wow. So, and, and right now the cities being uh, outfitted are Los Angeles, San Mateo, San Carlos in California, and, of all things, Birmingham in the United Kingdom. 
Wow. Uh, and IBM and Siemens and Xerox are reselling this technology around the world. They got a lot of money. And uh, so, it's, you know, that's very cool. If you're in a crowded city like San Francisco, which has very few on-street parking places in some neighborhoods, you just call up your GPS in your car or your app on your phone, and it says, here's where the, here's where the nearest open parking space is. So happy days are coming eventually, I guess. Well, you know, it's, it's all great stuff, although I suspect, you know, Dr. Porsche and Enzo Ferrari are rolling over in their graves <laughs> because the purists in us want to still run the pedals and turn the wheel. But it, 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 when I saw this, this was quite fascinating. It's, uh, well, it's, you know, it's the cutting edge of travel. It is. Well, thanks for bringing it to our listeners' attention. Uh, Roger, appreciate it, and thanks for listening to the show. Nice talking to you. Thanks, Rudy. Bye-bye. Um, we have a question a question from Holly in Delaware who asks this age-old question. It gets asked a lot. Is When is the right time to use your frequent flyer miles for free airline tickets? Um, first of all, keep in mind you can use airline miles for other stuff. Now, I mean, almost every major airline has some sort of catalog where you can, uh, I don't know, you can order pancake makers and television sets and all kinds of stuff. I must tell you, it's not real cost-effective usually. Here's what you do. Take the number of miles you're going to use. Let's say somebody wants... 25,000 miles for a coach round trip ticket. Hard to get those these days, but it's possible. So figure a penny in, a, a penny each per mile. So that's $250 equivalent in cash. So if you're flying, you know, some inexpensive airline in a short hop and it's like $120 round trip, $60 each way, you don't necessarily want to spend $250 worth of miles for a free ticket. Unless that's the only time you travel and you you know you're not you don't have the mile use for the miles for anything else. Use that same one penny per mile to figure out if that toaster you're going to buy from their website or restaurant, you know, $250 of free food at some rest chain restaurant, use that same penny to figure out whether it's worthwhile. If you're getting a $200 coupon or $250 coupon, you know, make sure you're not cashing in 75,000 miles equivalent of $750 for it. You will find, I think, if, if you're looking for the most bang for the buck, it's using miles for upgrades. Because business and first-class tickets cost so much more than coach tickets, particularly on international flights. But keep in mind, international flights, they will often require you to buy a certain class of ticket, even even it's coach. You know, within coach, there are many different classes. So don't buy the cheapest ticket you can find to Hong Kong or to London or whatever, and then call the airline and say, I've got a ticket to Hong Kong, I want to upgrade it. They'll go, oh, you know, you bought the K-class ticket. Those aren't upgradable. Call the airline first, say, what's the cheapest ticket I can buy to this destination, and use miles to upgrade. Then you're working with them, they'll work with you. Um, so that's how you calculate it, Holly. That's how you figure that stuff out. Now, there's a whole school of thought these days saying don't hoard miles. I'm guilty of that. A lot of people are guilty of that because it's sort of like the savings account. We think when we retire, we'll be able to travel the world endlessly with our 3 million miles we've saved up. Well, that's partly true, but uh, but every few years, the airlines find a way to sort of kick up the number of miles you need to cash in for an award ticket. As I just said, it's tough to get a 25,000-mile round-trip coach ticket. Not impossible. I mean, I do it quite frequently, but but... It often seems if you really need to get somewhere, oh, well, that'll take the 50,000 miles to get that same ticket. Um, so, so there's a whole school of thought saying use your miles now. Don't put them off till you retire or even 10 years or five years because they'll be worth less. It's a currency that gets devalued. So that's a judgment call uh, you have to make. You know, last year, I think it was last week we had on that Chicago, the guy who travels around the world, I guess, teaching car salesmen how to sell more cars. And he's the first guy to fly one million actual miles in the air on United Airlines as a frequent flyer thing. And he uh, he he throws out miles liberally to all his uh, 
relatives and friends, I'm sure, and you really can afford to do it. And you accumulate one million a year. So, at any rate, um, if you'd like to, if you've got a question, write me at Rudy at RudyMaxa.com, or you can call our 800 number. It's 800 387 8025. That's 800 387 8025. It won't cost you anything to call. Uh, unless we're on the air live, you will get a voicemail. You'll hear my voice inviting you to leave your question. If it requires my talking to you, leave me your phone number and what time zone you're in so I don't wake you up or call you too late at night. Um, and maybe we'll put you on the air. Maybe I can answer your question quickly. I do not plan trips. <laughs> Please don't call me and ask me to plan your trip. Um, I am not a travel agent. I'm a travel journalist, so I don't plan trips. But if it's a consumer travel question or something that the audience might gain from hearing about, well, feel free to drop me a line at Rudy at RudyMax.com. Oh, by the way, that... Uh, uh, Roger called in about that Audi that parks itself. It's amazing, that video. If you go to my Facebook page, I, I posted a link to it. It's uh, The Facebook page is Rudy Maxa TV Show. And I know this is a radio show, but they didn't have that classification. So go to Rudy Maxa TV Show on Facebook and hit the like button while you're there, will you? We're trying to get up to 3,000 likes here before too long. All right, we're going to come back in just a moment here, in KF, uh, here on, uh, on, on SSI Radio. We're in Rudy Maxa's world. We're going to talk with our pilot and residents about this 787 problem. Stick with us. Rudy Max's world is coming right back. So get on the phone now at 800-387-8025. That's 1-800-387-8025. You can also enjoy the program anytime at rudymaxa.com. Ladies, are any of these symptoms familiar? Weight gain, hot flashes, rapid heartbeat, night sweats? How about fatigue, nausea, low energy? Or what about sleeplessness, low libido, and fat storage, especially around the belly area? If you're a woman over 40 experiencing any of these symptoms, you probably have hormonal imbalance. And until you balance your hormones, it'll be practically impossible to get rid of these problems. But you're in luck because Ambrin is the all-natural formula clinically shown to cause sustained weight loss in women over 40 with no big change in lifestyle. Ambrin restores hormonal imbalance in women over 40, so the extra pounds fall away and the other symptoms simply disappear. To receive a complimentary risk-free trial with a free 30-day supply, just be one of the first 50 callers right now at 1-800-525-2563. Free supplies are limited, so be one of the first callers right now at 1-800-525-2563. That's 1-800-525-2563. To participate in the program, call now at 800-387-8025 or log on to RudyMaxa.com. Here's Rudy Maxa. Welcome back to the show, 33 minutes after the hour. Patrick Smith is our pilot in residence. He writes the very popular blog called AskThePilot.com. He's a become a journalist, actually, in front of my very eyes, I believe. He's got a new book coming out. We're going to tell you about that when it's ready to come out. Um, and we reach him today in Guyana. <laughs> How are you, Patrick? How's everything in Guyana? Hey, can you hear me okay, Rudy? We can hear you just fine. So the 787 grounding, I've read what you wrote on your website on askthepilot.com, but talk to us. What, Looking through your pilot's eyes, what are you thinking right now about this? Well, what I'm thinking is that this is obviously uh, a huge black eye for Boeing and uh, just on yet another second in the, the very beleaguered and drawn-out program 787 
uh, what, what we had with potentially dangerous situations, overheating batteries, um, you know, all of the bad stuff uh, is pretty understood and, and well-known and out there. Now, the good of the situation, first and foremost, is that we caught this situation preemptively before anybody was hurt or killed. And there's a lot to be said for that, especially when you go back and look over the history of commercial aviation at uh, other airplanes that weren't so lucky, uh, such as the Lockheed Electra and then the Comet and the DC-10. Um, in the case of the Comet, which was the first commercial jet, there were, I believe, three catastrophic accidents that killed uh, hundreds of people before anybody really understood what even what the problem was. Wow. You know, here we have something much more minor, comparatively. Uh, we know what it is, and it's going to turn out to be something that's relatively easy to fix. If you, if you play the seriousness of, of an onboard fire or smoke in an airplane, but we know what the problem is. It, it's going to be fixed, and my suspicion is that a year from now, all of this is going to be forgotten. Do you agree with the uh, FAA's decision to to ground all 787s for the moment? I do. I definitely do. And it's not an unprecedented move. Some of you might remember that the DC-10 was grounded for a period of time, um, the Comet, obviously, and, and a few other airplanes, too. And here we have a plane that's, that's brand new. There are very few in service, and, and this was, was a good positive step to to nip the problem in the bud before something terrible happens. You did mention in your, your, your column that this is not a structural defect that will wind up costing billions. And I do note a news story this weekend that, that Boeing is really scrambling to try to figure this out very quickly for obvious uh, reasons. And I, I guess that's part of the reason for your optimism that this will be back in the air again and, and, uh, and the problem, at least this problem will be solved. That's a great point. Before the 787 entered service, all of the talk was, you know, unique, uh, almost all composite construction and, and, you know, problems that might come up with carbon fiber, uh, structural components uh, and whatnot. And really that's been a complete non-issue and these kind of more ancillary things have grabbed our attention. And, you know, they're, they're, they're really pretty minor. They really are. And part of the problem here, too, is the media's tendency to grab these things and, and spin them up. And so now this, you know, this is a headline story, and right. it probably shouldn't be. The former inspector general for the uh, Department of Transportation, the very outspoken Mary Schiavo, uh, told Bloomberg News this week that, that right now she would not fly the 787 if it were still flying. Is that a reasonable uh, um, answer, or is that a bit of hysteria? I'm sorry, I was at transmission or whatever here, but mm -hmm. I think what you were talking about. Um, you know, there, there are problems involved here in what certain spokespeople and and whoever were were saying before uh, the, the the grounding was announced. You know, even I was was willing to give the 787 benefit of the doubt up to a certain point, and then we had this uh, all Nippon incident. Uh, on Wednesday, I believe it was, which really kind of pushed things over the edge. And at that point, I think grounding the airplane was was inevitable. It, it had to happen at that point. Okay. And it, that was really the right thing to do, no matter how you look at it.
Okay, uh, Patrick, I, I appreciate your taking time to talk, us, talk to us all the way from Guyana. Um, the connection was pretty good. I think everybody understood what you were saying, and I agree with you wholeheartedly. Well, we'll keep our eye on it and, and may have you back on at some I, point to talk about it. Go ahead. Well, I, I hope so. If, if anybody ever makes it down, he says one of the uh, lesser-known South American countries, and, and fantastic opportunity for people who enjoy uh, – Jungle exploration, bird watching, and and Guyana is home the uh, Kaichir Falls, one of the most uh, grandest and, and most beautiful waterfalls in the whole world, maybe the most beautiful. Pretty good tourism infrastructure. Um, it's uh, still in the building phase, put it that way. But that's part Guyana is such an interesting place to visit. It's 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 one of the last real frontier countries left in the world. All right. Well, Patrick, thank you for taking time out of your work to chat with us and uh, fly safely. And thank you very much, Rudy. Patrick Smith's blog, you got to read it. We promote it all the time is askthepilot.com. A uh, little warbly on the phone, but I think you got the sense of the message. He was talking to us from Guyana. Glad he could join us. Stick around. When we come back, we're going to talk about the producer of a documentary that's quite harrowing. Call now to talk to Rudy Maxa at 800-387-8025. You can also email the show anytime at info at rudymaxa.com. Our buyers negotiated the best deals of the season on the best floors, and they're all priced to move at Lumber Liquidator's January liquidation sale. Our best laminates and vinyl wood plank are 20% off are already incredibly low prices. Gunstock oak pre-finished hardwood, one of America's most popular hardwoods, is just $2.69 a square foot. Plus, get special extended financing. These deals will not last. January liquidation sale is going on now. So visit LumberLiquidators.com today and find your local store. Ladies, are any of these symptoms familiar? Weight gain, hot flashes, rapid heartbeat, night sweats? How about fatigue, nausea, low energy? Or what about sleeplessness, low libido, and fat storage, especially around the belly area? If you're a woman over 40 experiencing any of these symptoms, you probably have hormonal imbalance. And until you balance your hormones, it'll be practically impossible to get rid of these problems. But you're in luck because Ambrin is the all-natural formula clinically shown to cause sustained weight loss in women over 40 with no big change in lifestyle. Ambrin restores hormonal imbalance in women over 40, so the extra pounds fall away and the other symptoms simply disappear. To receive a complimentary risk-free trial with a free 30-day supply, just be one of the first 50 callers right now at 1-800-525-2563. Free supplies are limited, so be one of the first callers right now at 1-800-525-2563. That's 1-800-525-2563. Alka-Seltzer Plus presents The Cold Truth. I am a cold. I took NyQuil cold and flu, but I'm still stuffed up. Well, it may treat many cold symptoms, but it doesn't have a nasal decongestant. Really? Try Alka-Seltzer Plus Night Liquid Gels to relieve your worst cold symptoms, including your stuffy nose. Oh, that sounds much better. And soon, so will you. Alka-Seltzer Plus Night Liquid Gels. Oh, what a relief it is. Use as directed. And save a dollar when you visit Alka-Seltzer on Facebook. Hey, folks, how will you get home if a riot or natural disaster happens while traveling? If you're like me, you'll have membership with OnCall International. On the phone is the company's CEO, Mike Kelly. Mike, tell us about this coverage. OnCall International's deluxe membership includes all the great benefits of our annual membership, but also covers emergency evacuation due to earthquakes, volcanoes, political riots, 
military coups, and more. Folks, save 30% off your membership today with the code RMAXA30 at OnCallInternational.com. I'm happy to bring you the next chapter in a fun contest series sponsored by our friends at Travel Guard. It's one of thousands of true travel tales they receive every year. Diane and her friend were enjoying a summer cruise in the Mediterranean when her legs started to itch uncontrollably. She let it go, thinking it would get better. But when she noticed it getting inflamed and red, her mind went to her worst fear. For the rest of the story and a chance to win a Kindle, visit TravelGuard.com stories. Travel Guard is a worldwide leader in travel insurance and assistance. Got a question or comment? Need advice? Jump on board now by calling the show at 800-387-8025 or visit the show anytime at RudyMaxa.com. Now back to Rudy Max's World. 43 minutes after the hour, welcome back to Rudy Max's World, where it's all travel all the time. K2 is the name of the second highest mountain in the world after Mount Everest. It stands more than 28,000 feet. It's located on the border between Pakistan and China. And for every four people who have reached the summit, one has died trying. Well, in the summer of 2008, 24 climbers left to conquer the summit of K2. 11 never came back. My understanding is a large piece of ice fell during an avalanche, taking out the fixed ropes on part of that route. Along with that, those 24 climbers, was a camera person. And the result of the footage he shot is a new documentary that's being shown this week at the Sundance Film Festival. It is, uh, it's, it's simply called Summit, S-U-M-M-I-T. And Nick Ryan is the director and producer. He's a... Uh, an Irishman, and he's uh, put together this documentary. It's not his first. He's done it before. Uh, we're trying to get him on the phone right now. He's out at, uh, he's out at um, Sundance. And do we, have, do we have Nick? Do we have anybody? We have nobody. <laughs> well, well, then uh, what can I tell you about Nick? Um, uh, we're trying to reach him right now. We've got, a, he's, we've got his Irish cell number. We also have his, uh, his colleague's U.S. cell number. And apparently Jeff the Engineer says he's not reaching anybody at either of those numbers. Oh, we got Nick. Hey, Nick, it's Rudy Maxa. How are you? Rudy, how are you? Good. I just gave an introduction to your documentary, Summit, Nick. Um, how did this come to be? I mean, did, did, you, did someone have a camera person or two on the climb with the purpose of making a documentary? <clears throat> uh, not, not, not on our behalf. There were a few climbers there who had the intentions of making documentaries. There was a Swedish climber, Frederick Sprang, who had taken this you know, very professional camera with him with the intent purposes of making a doc um, about about that climb. Uh, but um, everyone had cameras, you know, from camera phones up to cameras. So there was a lot of uh, material there. So that's the climbers. so that is that is the footage that you have used to create Summit, correct? Uh, yeah, for about forty forty five percent of the film is this archive from the two thousand and eight expedition from the climbers. And what uh, is the other? Some system? of the most, you know, exclusive stuff is really the, you know, um, the, the, the crucial base camp meetings where decisions that were made about the climb were filmed. So it's a, it's, it's a privileged insight into the decision making process. And what are the other six? What is the other sixty percent of the footage? Are those interviews with the participants? Uh, well, there's um, twenty about twenty five percent of the film is reconstruction or recreations, um, where we uh, film where when. When the when you know when everything started to go really bad, people weren't filming clearly as much, and a lot of the, a lot of what happened took place at night. So we, you know, people certainly weren't filming there. So we we had to recreate those scenes to uh, 
helps with the narrative flow of the film. The survivors... And then I'm sorry, go the on. other stuff is my uh, The other percentages probably mixed between uh, Talking Heads and then archive of previous... of uh, We have a, a story in the film which looks back to the original 1954 expedition where the Italians first successfully climbed K2. Uh, Nick, the survivors of that, of that climb, are they... Uh, are they in support of this project or otherwise? Um, not all of them have seen it, yes. Um, okay. uh, Frederick Strang, the Swedish climber I mentioned, he saw it already, and I think he, he's very much behind us. Um, you know, I, I, I try and present a very fair and balanced view of what, what happened on the mountain, so some people may disagree with some decisions some climbers make, but climbers have codes that they adhere to, and, you know, people, when they go up that mountain know that when they go up there they're on their own so sometimes some of the decisions which some of the climbers seem to make may seem selfish to us down here in the relatively rarefied air um you know to them they were making the right decision well i suppose so, anybody sorry to answer your question are they in support not all, not everyone has seen the film yet so i am sure that no matter what you do when you're dealing with real life people and people who've been, lived through a story you know they will always have a different view of what happened perhaps to what you what you will try and portray well, I thought John Krakauer's book, Into Thin Air, which is, of course, Climbing Everest, was, was a fascinating account, and I can't wait to see the summit. Are you, we just have about 15, 20 seconds left, are you in Sundance with the purpose of finding a distributor? Uh, yes, that's exactly it. We're, well, we're here in competition, which is uh, fantastic. It's an incredible honor for the film, so um, we'll keep everyone posted on the, uh, hopefully, distribution end of things soon, so um, we're really, really excited to be here. It's and an amazing folk- opportunity. And for folks who want to follow your success in this, uh, your your website is? Uh, if you go to www.thesummitfilm.com, um, there'll probably be updates going on that soon. That's been run out of Ireland, so they're a little bit out of the time zone. About eight hours in the difference. <laughs> straight, straight for Simple enough. Thesummitfilm.com, if you'd like to learn more about this. Nick Ryan is a director and producer of this documentary. Good luck in the competition, Nick. I look forward to seeing the documentary as well. Thanks. Thanks. Nick Ryan's out in uh, Sundance uh, competing against other documentaries and also looking for a distributor. Hope he finds him. Stick around. Be back with some deals of the week in a moment. Rudy Max's World phone lines are open now, so call us at 800-387-8025. We'll be back after these messages. The telephone number to call the program is 800-387-8025. That's 1-800-387-8025. Or visit the show online at rudymaxa.com. Here again is Rudy Maxa. Welcome back to Rudy Maxa's Well, Nice to have you here on this January weekend. It's a little chilly here in St. Paul, i got to confess. Uh, I'm locked up here in the nice, toasty, warm studio, though. But at some point, i got to go outside. You always have to. This is, the, to me, the strangest news story of the week. I don't get this. And I don't think I'm going to get anybody on the show to talk about it because it's a legal proceeding, and I'm sure all the lawyers are going to say, well, we can't discuss this. It's a court issue. Carnival Cruises, that's the parent company of Costa Cruises. You know that name because it was the Costa Concordia that ran aground off the coast of Italy a year ago. Carnival Cruises is the subject of a lot of lawsuits. And in a filing with the court, it blamed passengers aboard the ship for damages to the ship. I'm not kidding you. Let's remember that 32 people died when the ship was steered too close to those dangerous rocks. Uh, Again, as I said, there are a number of lawsuits against Carnival. 
Um, but the cruise line said in court documents it had no duty to protect passengers from damages while on board. And what's more, was negligence and careless behavior on the part of passengers was among the causes, if not the only cause, of alleged injuries and damages. I mean, I know lawyers exaggerate, but how can they say that? I mean, did somebody break some crystal as they frantically, as the boat tipped sideways and they frantically tried to get up to find sunlight and get off the ship? I mean, unbelievable. Talk about blaming the victim or victims. Careless behavior on the part of passengers were among the causes, and I'm quoting exactly, were among the causes, if not the only cause, of alleged injuries and damages. See how far that gets in the court. Uh, what else I got here? I got something else before I got a deals for you. I wanted to tell you one other thing. Where is that? Um, oh, yeah, Tel Aviv, the very hip city of Tel Aviv. You might remember that uh, earlier this, well, actually, uh, late summer of 2012, uh, we took the show on the road to Tel Aviv in Israel. It's uh, poised to become one of the world's first large cities to provide free citywide Wi-Fi. Is that too cool? That's very cool. Tel Aviv, by the way, is a very, very hip city. It's right on the Mediterranean, very beach and nightlife-oriented, some great food. And beginning in March, residents as well as travelers will be able to sign online just about anywhere in town. There are going to be 80 areas with free Wi-Fi access, including right along the city's promenade that, as I said, fronts the, the Mediterranean Sea, in its main market in old uh, uh, Jaffa, the, the old part of the town, as well as on major streets, parks, and tourism sites. Tel Aviv's government says the entire city will enjoy free Wi-Fi coverage by by the fall. Bandwidth has promised to be at least 20 megabytes. That is great. Boy, I wish more cities did that. We'd save a lot of money on charges. Okay, got a few deals of the week here for you. The cash register queue. Um, you want to go down to Weston, uh, the Weston Resort in San Martin in the Caribbean, get a little uh, get away from a little of the cold if you happen to live someplace that's as chilly as where I do? Well, the Weston San Martin is offering 40% off a second night. Uh, for every night paid at a regular rate, so every second night, in other words, if you stay four nights, you're going to get 40% off two of those nights. For every night paid at a regular rate, travelers will get 40% off the next night. you got to stay two nights or more. Well, that makes sense. It's valid on arrivals Tuesday through Thursday. And the rate plan is called is Z, the letter Z is in zebra, B is in boy, 4, ZB4. Rates started 189 during summer season, and now, which would be winter season, $452 uh, during the winter season per person based on double occupancy. That's really $900 a night, but your second night, every second night, is $450. Um, in the summer, it's really inexpensive. Every second night starts at $113 um, and 271 uh, for per person during the winter season, as I just mentioned. Now, this deal, it's nice because it lasts a long time, till December 18th of this year. So it basically goes the whole year except for the last two weeks during uh, the December holidays. Weston St. Martin, look it up. Weston St. Martin, Dawn Beach Resort and Spa is the full name. 317 rooms right on the water. The largest upscale reports, uh, resort excuse me, in San Martin. And got all kinds of cool stuff. It's a Weston. It's a good place. Um, Cafe Pacific is offering a fare for folks who want to fly in their premium economy class. That's uh, you get a 38-inch seat pitch. You get much bigger seats, a big 10.5-inch widescreen TV, so it's a very, uh, you know, it's a fancy place. Here's the deal. Round trip from L.A., San Francisco, and New York. It's the same price for all those cities. L.A., San Francisco, New York. Round trip to Hong Kong, $1,628 for 
premium economy. Good for travel the month of March. But you got to book by Tuesday, this Tuesday, January 22nd, okay? That's the deal. Go to CathayPacific.com. Um, again, it's, uh, it's, it's good for the travel in the month of March, but you have to book by this Tuesday. $1,628 round trip for a premium economy ticket from L.A., San Francisco, Chicago, or New York to Hong Kong. Not bad at all. And Taiwan's EVA Air, that's E-V-A, Taiwan's EVA Air is also hosting a sale on economy premium seats to Asia. It's 10 bucks more than Cathay, 1638 They'll take you from L.A. to Taipei, and then you pay 50 bucks more to fly to nine other cities, including Hong Kong, Bangkok, Singapore, and Jakarta. you got to travel midweek at this price until May 20th, and then you can do it again between August 30th and November 30th if you want to fly on a weekend at a $25 surcharge. Uh, you, you have until February 2nd to buy these tickets. And this is a nice, nice uh, footnote. The fares are refundable if you pay a $100 fee. That doesn't happen often. All right, I'll have more deals in the next two hours. If you're in the next hour, excuse me, if your station is not staying with us for the second hour, I'll see you again here next week in Rudy Max's World. I thank you for listening. If your station is staying, we can take a little six-minute break here for some local news or network news, and I'll be back with a lot more. We got, uh, oh, we got Robin, Robin Leach coming up in the next hour. Stay around for Rudy Max's World. See you shortly. You've been listening to Rudy Max's World, and as always, you're hearing must-hear radio on the SSI Radio Network.